0: Welcome to Unboard, unplugged, unscripted board leadership, a conversation between boardroom leaders that covers leadership, priorities, and influence. Now, here's Brian Hayward. Today, I'm blessed to be joined by Catherine Woodman, who's, I believe, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and has an extensive career being involved with lots of different uh, types of organizations. So, but rather than me tell the story, um, as I like to say, uh, we're on the ground floor at the elevator, and I'm hitting hitting the fifth floor. And uh, Catherine, what would, what? Who are you? What? How did you get to be on this podcast?
1: Well, not to uh, confuse the analogy with the elevator, but I would describe Brian um, my career almost like a three act play. Uh, with the first act, the first part of my career after I graduated from Mount St. Vincent University with a PR degree, I spent 10 years in health care at the IWK Children's Hospital. That's our tertiary care health center to the Maritimes. I started there wet behind the ears as a telethon coordinator and emerged 10 years later as the vice president of public relations and allied health. So absolute fabulous Uh, early experience at leadership, at growth, uh, working in a very um, high-profile and fast-paced environment. From there, I went to financial services sector. I I, had a young family, and I thought that working at an insurance company, Maritime Life Insurance, might be quiet and more sedate, uh, less 24-7, and I was wrong. Uh, I learned that that environment as well is very invigorating and challenging. We were involved in mergers and acquisitions and... Olympic sponsorships, and I thrived and enjoyed uh, leading uh, the public relations arm of that firm. And within that time, my the president came to me and had a had a belief in moving executives around and challenging executives rotations, we called them. So he sent me over to lead the HR department, and I spent almost ten years then oh in HR. Yeah, it's not something you just switch, but it yeah. was a, a philosophy that was. Uh, not yet current, but today has become more embraced that leaders should be adept at uh, moving from uh, specific technical areas uh, and to really broaden skills at the at the leadership level. You have to kind of jump off the deep end. So that was the second act, the insurance sector. Uh, Maritime Life was ultimately bought by Manual Life Financial, and I was uh, encouraged to stay on, but it would have required a move to Ontario. And I decided instead that I would stay based in Halifax, and I then led the United Way in Halifax as CEO for 10 years. So three acts each 10 years, one in healthcare, one in financial services, and the third and perhaps the most um fascinating in some respects uh, at a from a community level from a relationship perspective from the opportunity to report to a board uh, the United Way was the was the third act uh, I I did uh, have a short time at the end of my my uh, career, uh, formal career as deputy minister here in Nova Scotia in the Department of Business. Unfortunately, I had a significant car accident and suffered a concussion and decided I needed to uh, focus on myself and my health. So I stepped away from that role and spent a year in recovery. And now I'm back in the consulting world and engaged with boards and helping coach teams and executive leaders, mentoring. Uh, founded a charitable organization here in Halifax. So I'm active again, but pretty much on my own terms in terms of time and commitment, uh, but a bit of a portfolio of careers. So I guess we're past the fifth floor, but that's who I am.
0: So so which of the three acts was would you say is the most exciting? If, if people were to, you know, if I'm the theater critic and I'm writing the uh, the newspaper reviews the day after, um, I, I would say, you know, Catherine was really fine in in during which act
1: you know what i i i couldn't uh rank them because they were each dynamic they each challenged me they eat they were tremendously different one one from the next uh their their focus was different the rewards were different uh i think it's the diversity that was 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 the most valuable aspect. Uh, there are fun and interesting stories. There were hard moments and terrifying times in each one of those roles. Uh, there were moments of, of terror and moments of, of great success. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you that there was one of those three places that was uh, more colorful than, than the other.
0: So you mentioned mentoring and, and it's Interesting. Cause I'm, I'm uh, do some amount of executive coaching and mentoring yeah. myself. And mm-hmm. I think it's something as you move along, what do you have a, a philosophy or a style or did you, do you sort of go to a, a take, I don't put it kind of tritely. Did you take a course? This is how you mentor.
1: Yeah. No, I didn't. And I'm glad you mentioned both those terms, coaching and mentoring, because I have a great deal of appreciation and respect for individuals who have taken the courses and have have got the certification to be coaches. Uh, I have not taken that path, but I do have a wealth of experience, a wisdom that uh, has <laughs> built up over time with those those experiences. Um, and so I, the philosophy that I assume with with mentoring uh, that would be similar to coaching is obviously it's centered on the client. It's about asking great questions. It's about a confidentiality and safe space. It's about helping the client uh, focus on goals and and measuring and monitoring progress towards those goals but the difference would be with mentoring and coaching is that I, I will actually say what I think they should do <laughs> so I'll offer an yeah. opinion I will say if I were in your shoes I would I'd do this um, which is really not acceptable for coaches uh, and I'm clear with my clients up front that if I'm going to use my experience and my opinion and my uh, perspective, um, I'll share that openly, and of course they they're under no uh there's no requirement for them to follow that opinion but i'll offer it
0: you know there's a lot to mentoring slash coaching that i i think is very relevant to how you operate as as a board chair or in the boardroom generally because we're supposed to ask questions, not give mm-hmm. advice. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes directors say, Oh, you should do this. And you should do that. But the, the word true. should is, is yeah. uh, my, but my wife's a psychotherapist and she actually crosses the line. I think uh, she tells me, <laughs> she said, I'm not supposed to do this, but I just tell them because sometimes it's what, what people, you know, need, but uh, you know, but What
1: would you say, Brian, like in, so I agree as a board member, you're advising and not directing. Um, However, what, what about the relationship between chair and CEO, uh, in the privacy off outside of the boardroom, sitting together, uh, supporting and validating and coach, coaching. I mean, would uh, you think the word should would be wrong in that, in that setting?
0: I, I, you know, I, I'm probably inclined people tell me that I'm actually pretty direct and, and somehow or other, uh, I, I do my own self analysis as to whether or not that's good or not, because I've been trained not to use the word should Mm -hmm. uh, because that is, 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 and you know, the, the model that, that I put in, in my book, even that came from Harvard is that there's consulting and there's therapy. And then there's sort of this stuff in the middle that, you know, we, as, as, as CEOs, um, have to do, which is is mentor and coach uh, the the you know teams and colleagues, yes. uh, and the board should be doing likewise. And the chair CEO, I think that's that's the kind of relationship. But I think every once in a while, uh, I, I I actually just uh, came from lunch, uh, coincidentally with somebody that was a CEO, and I was chair. And I was very, pretty direct about some of the things um, now that I'm not there. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I, I'm inclined to that, you know, as much as it's politically correct, that we shouldn't, we should just simply ask open ended questions. I, I, I guess it's a matter of personal philosophy and style. I think, you know, your approach, I think, resonates more with me uh, in terms of how you do that.
1: Well, it always has to be collaborative, and it always has to be respectful, and we do have to to be clear that we're not um, it's not a command and control relationship at all. Uh, but I think sometimes we're so we're so conditioned now to be very very tentative in how we provide advice that um, uh, I, I mean I I value someone. <laughs> being really candid with me and giving me their, their true thoughts. Uh, and I can choose to, to follow them or not, but I appreciate the, the directness, I guess, as opposed to being directive uh, that I would receive from, from individuals that I hold in, in, with respect.
0: So as a, as a person who's inclined to be direct, You've, you've worked with a lot of organizations when I was, you know, sort of skimming through uh, homeless, pediatrics, theater company, immigrant yeah. services, um, and then the United Way. Do you have to pull your punches Have relative to what your visceral feeling would be? That I would like to say this, but because, so, you know, not to be... Um, super about it but sometimes folks that are in those spheres of, of theater and 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 other types of services community services they are can be a bit more sensitive than sort of hard boiled business people that are out there just to make money
1: <laughs> yeah what. you do have to understand your environment appreciate the culture get a handle on how things work what the the temperature is they're different every single one of those that you just mentioned are very different and so it takes a while you have to choose your choose your moments uh make sure they're that you know you're you're uh, operating from a place of, of knowledge and always with great intentions and be beware of where who your audience is i'm careful about when i lean in and assert i'm very careful and i but I, what I like to think, what I strive for is that when I do, it gets noticed uh, because I'm not doing it all the time. I'm very, uh, very cautious to um, be much more on the, on this, on the side of the um, style that's affirming and cooperative and collaborative and always respectful. And then if I need to pull my punches, it, it's, it, it means things have become very very serious. Um, and people would take note.
0: So you're involved with an HR organization now, and it's sort of, you know, you didn't mention it in the three acts. Oh yes. Uh,
1: So I'm, yeah, I'm a consultant or associate with KBRS. We are uh, merit, Atlantic Canada's largest recruitment and human resources firm. And, uh, I, I have a, you know, after, um, after, healing from my concussion, I realized I would never hold a nine to five job again. And uh, this has worked out extremely well for me because uh, I basically work as a a, uh, project lead on projects that I select or they're able to provide. It's a wonderful arrangement. Uh, I can uh, access the wonderful resources and the caliber of individuals that, that work at KBRS but I also have a certain degree of independence, which allows me the flexibility to be really engaged with the boards that I'm involved with now and the additional work on my plate, which are related to boards or the organization that I've founded called Jones Table, which is uh, supporting the homeless in our, in our community. So I, I'm able to be the architect of my time this way.
0: And in, in a capacity of probably looking and recruiting directors, has your sort of criteria changed over time or, or in, oh, yes. in, are you looking for different skill sets than, than what you would have uh, five years ago?
1: Well, absolutely. There's a change not only in what you're looking for around the board table. A much, you know, the the, the focus today in Canada is on a diverse board, uh, uh, both uh, in all respects, uh, representing our community and representing our stakeholders appropriately. Uh, and so we've we've moved away from uh, a, a a board that has been um, composed according to who directors on the board already know uh, and feel would be a good recruit and uh, a legitimate way that it's been done for years and years to a much more open and um, transparent way of promoting uh, what skill sets are needed at the board at any given time, what communities or, or um, what, what needs to be rep- who needs to be represented on the board and being f- very, very transparent about what we're looking for. And this would be occurring at at all the boards that I currently sit on or have recently, the um, immigration association, the children's hospital, where I, the the organization where I started my career, I'm currently the board chair now of that organization. So it's a full circle for me. I've, I've just um, been elected to chair in the last month uh, at the IWK health center. And, and we certainly have a very open and, um, and also transparent way of, of recruiting board members. And we're looking always at the, at the skills and the uh, talents that people bring, but then how do those talents complement the talents of the individuals already seated at the table so that at any time we've got a really nice mix?
0: It, it strikes me that you know I, I'm very much uh, enthusiastic regarding diversity, but the complexity of that I think is, 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 it's become more, uh, much more of a difficult and nuanced thing because it used to be, uh, as I've said in other places, uh, pale male and stale is, was a, what, the way it was. Now we are going to move to considering gender and, and, and other sort of dimensions. But we're really after diversity in thinking but also communities and, and we also don't want our boards to be, you know, more than seven or nine people. Cause that's the optimum. How, how do you reconcile yeah, the diversity? And I don't
1: think anybody gets it perfectly right. I think it's always something we're, we're working on. Um, I know that what, what's interesting and just to, to, agree with you and and even take it one step further is if we're really honest in seeking a diverse board, it means the boards, the way we work as a board is likely to change fundamentally. So how we went, how we make decisions, when and how we meet, how uh, accessible we are, how how you know we tend to have a fairly strict. We're pro- we take pride in establishing good governance practices. For, you know, so
0: so run with that. What's it look like in five years relative to today? <laughs> what's what's your what's your what. What's your forecast? What's so. your forecast, and what's so, your wish? <laughs> so.
1: Those are great questions. I, I think it's going to become a lot more um, fluid, potentially more fluid. Uh, so uh, potentially there will be, you know, less reliance on on the in person the um, the, 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 the layered way decisions are made from committees to boards. They'll just be, I, I think if we're going to learn from different, uh, it's learning I haven't done yet, but I know that if we're going to truly lean in to new ways and new voices and new thinking, we got to fundamentally change ourselves. We can't just expect everyone to fit into our, to the way that boards are run and the way that we're constructing boards. So uh, I can't, I can't be any more specific than I have. I I just feel like you got to be ready to change, and to take the wisdom that's offered by the new types of board members that we're so earnest in bringing in, and and be creative in how do we how do we shift and move and respond appropriately while still honoring our roles and responsibilities. And our fiduciary ca- fiduciary responsibilities and duty and care won't change, but maybe how we do it, how we ensure it occurs, might change.
0: Yeah, it, I, I, it, you mentioned fiduciary duty of care. I, I Actually, those are fundamental values. I, I actually find myself going back to them so many yes. times yes. That, because they're so simple. Yeah. You know, uh, what a reasonable person would do in a similar circumstance. Like it. Yeah. It, you know, when I'm, I'm, when I'm involved in something that's a bit controversial or risky, I kind of think, you know, you can't just look for safe ground to make decisions or or uh, or provide advice, um, but I, I what comforts me is 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 going back to those simple words: duty of care, uh, loyalty to the organization, and what would a, what would a reasonable person do in a similar cir- circumstance? And-
1: it, it's funny you mentioned that because just last evening I chaired a meeting and uh, it was not going to be an easy decision for this particular board that I was chairing to render. And I decided as chair that it was a good moment to start the meeting with a reflection about those two concepts uh, and to involve or to um, generate some some thinking around those concepts, those simple concepts as a way to ground us and move us forward to work together on a, on a, on a delicate issue. And uh, I felt it went well. And in fact, the minute the board meeting was over, I was really honored to get a call from one of our more uh, seasoned board members who called and said, that was good because of the way it was that you set the table and I only set the table drawing from those very classic important principles, but they do, they serve us well. They serve us well, and their simplicity, but also in their um, in their weight and ramifications.
0: And there's so many things that actually, you know, the 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 deeper I I've sort of uh, plunge into the the swimming pool of governance, the more I find simple. There's simple elements to it. Uh, I'm I'm actually working on uh, a piece for the chairs of, of an arts council and, and talking about uh, how do we connect the strategic plan that everybody does with the actual operations of, of, and of day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, the, sim- the simple piece that seems to get lost is the importance of, of an agenda. And, yeah. and 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 making sure it's it's actually thoughtfully done, even if it's only, you know, on one page. You know, where, why are we here to talk as opposed to just, you know, putting the the entire uh, menu of a Chinese restaurant on on, on four pieces of paper and taking off the boxes? It's uh, simple stuff, is is I think is is um, it, it underpins, you know, how 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 we should be operating and it opens up conversations as opposed to uh, the race for ticking boxes. I was, I was doing a podcast with the gentleman from South Africa. He called it uh, spreadsheet governance. And, and, and I, you know, I have a greatest respect for some of the people that have brought together at Rotman or, or McMaster or others brought together the, you know, the, the training but I'll, I'll, to go to your point about f- having a fluid process, I think sometimes it's very what what is taught is very engineered.
1: And and, and you know when you just mentioned agenda, uh, my mind went back to what you the question you asked me that I kind of fumbled, which is what do I see for the future? So that may be an example of what we may have to abandon, even though I'm with you, Brian. I love the agenda and I love the structure and I appreciate how it leads, leads us and the ordering and the triaging and making sure that it's, it's got covering the right, the right content. Uh, I foresee a future where at a board uh, level, we may be called upon (laughs) to uh, allow free thinking time uh, to, to liberate ourselves from an agenda. We'll put that
0: on the agenda. Actually,
1: (laughs) we'll make them schedule the rest of our board schedule it. But but that's that's example of, you know, we we have some great operate means of operating and and I um, value them. But our future may shift us away from some of those. Yeah,
0: I'm being facetious on it on the agenda, but uh, I'm I'm involved with a board where I'm not the chair, um, but the chair. He actually came across this idea, and he put on the agenda. It's it's just before the in camera is uh, blue sky. <laughs> yeah,
1: blue sky. Yeah. And,
0: and my only my only concern, he might listen to this. Uh, is so, please uh, don't don't take offense. It's down near the bottom, and it's kind of when everybody's ready, tired. Uh, sort of, yeah. You Check know, you know that the the binders are starting to close or, or the yeah. lap, the laptops sh- are starting to shut <laughs> so, and and the diligence are being closed down and and um, it's it's a matter of creating that 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 kind of uh, space where people just kind of talk and so I, I, I was curious, and, and I know uh, you know that you're you haven't done this uh, presentation yet, but you know you're you're giving a talk on negotiations, and <laughs> and, and being a logical, process driven, analytical guy as uh, people would see me as. Um, I've taken negotiations training. <laughs> I've, got, I've got something I can put on the wall and say I'm, I'm supposed to be good at this.
1: Well, then maybe you uh, can help me, Brian.
0: <laughs> but what, what's what's can you, your? Can
1: you give me some good content? <laughs> what,
0: what, yeah, I was, I, I was going. I wonder what she's. What it's. It was just fascinating yeah. the way it was so, sort of framed.
1: So this is a, a conference for women in leadership, and I, and a fair amount of the time that I spend today in my professional life working with KBRS is in the area of gender equity. Uh, I, I am fortunate to um, conduct uh, workshop seminars frequently, and I'm doing one right now, with with women uh, in under the question of how do we elevate our, our influence? How do we really ensure that we're uh, using all the strengths that we have to be strategic contributors and realizing our full potential? And inside these courses, there's part of it, and I just recently uh, posted an article on LinkedIn about our power and our our sense of distaste for uh, developing our political acumen and also uh, self. Advocacy. Uh, And every time I face, and this happened to me yesterday, because I actually conducted this by Zoom yesterday, all 18 women, when I raised the question about South advocacy, they all talked. About how uncomfortable they are, how they cringe at the at the topic, how they feel it's bragging. They it comes to mind uh, people who they've seen talk about their accomplishments, and they they just want to gag. That's the reaction that many uh, many of us have uh, to um, to sharing your successes, to making your impact visible, and so. Really, the presentation that I'll be doing in an in-person conference is kind of grew out of this concept of finding our power, being comfortable speaking from our perspective, in asking for what we want and believe in. Uh, and so I'm going to be talking about those those concepts of self-advocacy and po- power and being politically astute and that it's not a bad thing. It's about understanding the motivation of others and where others come from and what their needs are and understanding what's non-negotiable from a personal perspective. So learn about me first and then understand my party that I'm negotiating with and what their needs are and appreciate their perspective. Uh, know what's, what's uh, the line upon which I'm not, I won't cross uh, and engaging in really good, respectful, productive conversation about how you want to achieve your mutual goals, keeping your, your most important values prom, you know, prominent in your mind.
0: I, I, not to to generalize cuz that's it's horrible so it, 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 you know, you you make sweeping sort of assumptions but you know I'll, I'll i'll put something out and just see what your thought is 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 it that there's a deficiency within the community of women to be you know say you yeah, know i i'm i'm good at doing this or is it or is it suppression by men
1: oh gosh no i would say um I'd say we're, well, probably yes to everything. I mean, it, but, but my, not to, con- the, I think we're socialized differently. Uh, I, I, I can only speak personally. I guess I, I, I'll step away from generalization and say, I was raised in a higher a family with a great deal of appreciation for hierarchy uh so my father was a naval captain and i understood what four rings meant on the on on his sleeves and i respected discipline and i respected authority and i was certainly raised to um hope that people would notice the good work i did and that i would be you know promoted on merit, not because I advocated for myself or, or made my work visible. And that was just entrenched. Those are my beliefs. And it's taken a lot of years before I've started to realize that I, I, it's okay to, to, to acknowledge for myself and for others, my value and my contribution and be comfortable with that and deliver that message in a way that's still authentic to Catherine and feels right for Catherine, but is um, honest and upfront and not keep my light under a bushel and expect everyone else to notice it. And, and, and if they don't, woe is me, but to, to share that. And I think that that perspective is, is not uncommon uh, and that holds us back and shifting to um, a not, not an assertive or an aggressive um, style, but one that's uh, more confident and and more courageous about our accomplishments is what I'm working with, with other women to do.
0: And, and so, you know, what, in my experience, you're doing this with women is is this something that's transferable to other communities because absolutely absolutely yeah and
1: i I often say to women you know the guys have the same questions in their minds and the guys struggle with this too and they would acknowledge that uh we're, we're 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 but we're really our focus is on what's going on for us right now and how do we how do we make ourselves the strongest and best we can be uh, we're certainly not thinking that we own all all these questions and we're the only ones who are struggling with some of these questions in our mind because it's that wouldn't because the there's
0: problem. there's facets of what you just talked about in your own background that are common to other cultures so, yes. you know the south asian cultures uh uh, indigenous cultures, the respect for for elders and and Absolutely. and, yeah. and uh, etc. And I just, I'm. It's just while you were talking, it just sort of struck me that that there's this this uh, insight that you have, and and applying it to to a cohort of women could be uh, extended out to to other yes. other cultures Absolutely.
1: or yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we, it, it's the, these thoughts and these practices are certainly can be extended. It just is, it's a right, it's a good fit for me and who I am to be working with, with other women. Um, you know, in my career, which I've already outlined, I don't think I ever negotiated a salary once, ever. I, mm-hmm. I, it didn't even occur to me. When offered a, a promotion or a new job, and that the number was in the letter, would I ever think that I should um, challenge that or um, bring a bring another request to the table? Uh, <laughs> eventually, uh, it evolved a little bit in later in later years, but certainly not throughout my career. And so, so that's that's an, and that's not uncommon.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I. I, I think the world's changing though. Cause I think that people mm-hmm. are, are, uh, and especially I, I, you know, you must see this um, just the fact that an aging population and um, people actually out, out of COVID just saying, I, I, you know, I, I saw this in, in, the, in the newspaper, but I, but I'm seeing it now with people I know saying, you know what, I'm not going back to the office. No. I'm out. I'm out. I say, It's called the great
1: resignation, right? Yes. Everyone is uh, not everyone. uh, A lot of us have had the opportunity to stop, reflect, rethink, and make some good decisions. I think ultimately good decisions, uh, from, for most, if, if it's based on values and reflection, whether they want to continue with the, on the current track. And so there's a lot of change happening. There's more hiring going on and there's more resignations and shifts. And I, probably a good renewal
0: so um just you know uh, closing off and this been a great uh really appreciate you mentioned um three acts is if there's a fourth act um that's different because you've had three different ones what would it be
1: Oh, it's it's an extension of what I'm doing right now. Fully engaged with community in a leadership way, uh, the involvement I'm currently enjoying on 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 boards, I I'd like to continue and extend it um, and, and build that that impact uh, with community and making it making a difference in a measurable way in community.
0: Uh, an absolute great way to finish the play of life, I suppose. So, uh, Catherine, um, thank you for your time. I really enjoyed this. So, uh, uh, good luck with, uh, the, your negotiating session that you're going to be giving and, um, appreciate the conversation.
1: Brian, this has been fun, and I can't close without thanking you for your book. I loved it. I read it carefully, and I tend to buy books and not read them, uh, but this one hooked me from the start, and it's been very valuable. I loved it. Thank you so much for your work there. Very good work.
0: I appreciate it. Good luck with uh, the, your negotiating session that you're going to be giving, and um, appreciate the conversation. Unplugged, unscripted, board leadership. This is on board.